Hello, this is Eden on 88.9 The Bridge. Welcome back to my show, Garden of Eden. It's Garden of Eden, and I'm your host. I talk about what I like most. Garden of Eden. <laughs> Today, I am joined with Ruby Pope, who is the creator of the clothing brand Ruby Lane Apparel. She's also a senior in high school. Ruby, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you guys for having me. Well, I'm so excited to be here. Um, and I think a good place to start, just for anybody who's unfamiliar, could you describe what Ruby Lane Apparel is and kind of what the clothing looks like? Yeah, so, I mean, I'd say uh, my brand is a streetwear line and it consists of bandana patchwork stuff. Yeah. Okay, so, you had this idea in quarantine, correct me if I'm wrong. Right, yeah. What was the process like of taking this idea to something that was like tangible in front of you, to an actual business? Well, okay, so it started off with a pair of sweats um, that took me like eight hours to do. I hand stitched uh, like squares of bandanas onto sweats and they clearly were not, uh, they, they were not perfect whatsoever, but I really liked them. And everywhere I went, I would kind of get compliments on them. So I kind of knew like, okay, people are looking at these, like, you know, people think these are unique, different, they stand out. And so I made a few pairs for my friends and I kept hearing about them getting compliments on them too. So then I kind of made just made more, but it was more for fun. I wasn't really thinking, oh, like I'm going to start a whole business from this. I had no business experience um, or sewing experience. I hadn't used a machine before. And then I got a machine. Then I was trying to figure out how to, you know, like fit the pant leg through the machine because I didn't want to open the leg. I had no idea like really what I was doing, but then I kind of figured it out, um, found a way that worked for me. And yeah, I thought I was just going to make a couple pairs for my friends, maybe sell them through like my private Instagram, something like that. And then I found like a cool design for a sweatshirt. And that's when I kind of knew like, okay, like this could go somewhere. Um, I really like the product that I was creating. And so my mom helped me build a website and get all the business stuff down, get a business license. I was a sole proprietor at first, then I'm now LLC. But, you know, it wasn't like all at once the whole business side of things came. It was more like a gradual, you know, week later we would get a business bank account, week later, you know, and like one setback of the business is I don't get to be the owner of it because I'm 17. Um, And so to own a business bank account, you have to be 18 and older. So right now my mom is the owner, but that'll change when I'm 18, but I don't have any Thing against her being the owner she's totally my full partner in this business um mm-hmm. it, it I just that was a setback you know like yeah just the fact that I don't really own the business but yeah and so then I had a photo shoot with my friend's dad who's a professional photographer and he kind of brought my products to life in a way and I got to see them on people and what they look like you know as a whole outfit they just really the photos came out really good and then I created an Instagram for my brand and yeah that's just kind of how it took off I just I I did a drop and um it was 26 pieces but I did the inventory as unlimited 
and I was so backlogged with orders like I was literally sewing for 12 hours a day and my sewing was not perfect either so it was it was hard it was really 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 hard I had like orders on orders on orders I had no idea that I was going to get that many orders you know and then that's kind of how the brand grew and then I did like a big drop in November it was a 500 piece drop and for that I had help sewing pieces from local contract sewers that I now have built a relationship with who know my products really well um yeah wow that is such a crazy story <laughs> oh my gosh I can't even believe that you could not sew to begin with yeah yeah wow. no, I literally had no idea so you had this idea and you just built everything around you and yeah. you said it was like week by week you would get this and then you would get this but still like looking at the process as a whole it was still seems to be really fast moving like you built this brand yeah. so fast and that's so impressive yeah, yeah it, it it is like really fast pace for sure you couldn't sew at the beginning but I'm curious were you interested in like creative arts and fashion and fashion design is that a career path you kind of visualized before no like I honestly had no idea what I was gonna do you know I, I was a junior in high school at the time but I was still worried about oh my god what am I gonna do after high school like what do I want to study what do I want to do and then I kind of found this I made those pants and that kind of changed everything for me and so it was kind of like a lifesaver to be honest I yeah. found what I wanted to do and I was into streetwear and I was into patchwork but it wasn't like I was really looking at that as like a career path I don't know you know um yeah. and then I, I actually started getting into patchwork stuff um do you know the brand Frankie Collective? I think and I've heard of it. They have a lot of like patchwork handmade stuff. And I had ordered a pair of sweats from them and I really liked them. And so that's kind of where I got the idea, but their product does not look like mine. I just, that's kind of how I found out that I really liked like patchwork stuff. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. This is just so crazy and you're so young. And I think this just shows that like you can really do anything from any age yeah um, for yeah, yeah. And so even though this has been such like a, a short timeline of sort well relative relatively short like maybe a year would you say um yeah it's been well my first pair of pants was literally a year and three days ago whoa so yeah. almost exactly a year yeah Let but my finish. first my first drop was september 3rd of 2020 so it's yeah. been a year and less. That is crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So from the very beginning, like say your, your first drop versus where your business is at now, how would you kind of compare the two? Like how has it changed over time? Um, well, for one, I'm not sewing all the pieces. I now hire out for help. I sew literally as much as I can. I do have a couple products of mine that strictly I sew, but... My, kind of like my main products that I can't really keep on the shelf. I have professional sewers, so, mm -hmm. which is, which is awesome. And that's something I never really thought that I would do or know how to do, you know, hire out, but it kind of worked. I just posted on like Facebook, every, everything that I could. And some people, you know, messaged me saying, yeah, I can, I can work for you. Um, and then also I never thought I would struggle with keeping up with inventory you know like some products I, I I like I said I can't keep on the shelf and it's no matter how much I make it's hard um and 
the brand has just grown a lot. I mean, there's a lot more growing to do, but I'm really happy with where it is now. Yeah, but- as you should be. It, it, it is so inspiring. Um, and it's also so cool. You're talking about like having 500 item drops and like having too, too many orders to stock the shelves and keep up, but mm-hmm. still you've remained having like these sweatshirts being hand done. And I'm curious, is that like an important aspect of the business to you having like real hands touch the item and sew them all together? Or do you yeah. think it would be more commercial later on? I for sure like the handmade part of it all. Um, I want to keep that for sure. If I could find a way to scale the business while keeping everything handmade, that's what I want to do. I'm not totally in it for money. So like, I know it could be easier if my products weren't handmade, but I I like it. I like how my products are right now. And I plan to keep that in the future. I agree. I think that that's super cool. I mean, I'm wearing mine really in a apparel sweatshirt right now. And I think it's super cool. The idea that like someone handmade this and I'm wearing something that actual hands touched and created. Right, Um, right, right, right. And I guess we're kind of on the path of talking about the values surrounding your business and the ethics surrounding your business. And you donate 10% of all proceeds or profits to youth care um, and youth homelessness in the greater Seattle area. Could you speak a little bit more on that and your decision to donate that much to youth care? Yeah. So I'm really, I'm really passionate about helping whatever I, whoever, whatever I can. And I started off with a special collection back in November where I donated 50% of the proceeds from that special collection to Justice for Girls Coalition, which helped change laws for incarcerated girls in Washington state. And it's a a local small nonprofit. And just like youth care, um, I know exactly where the money's going when I donate. And so that's what I really like. And I I see the struggle that at-risk youth or homeless youth experience and I really want to help in any way that I can um and so I created like a partnership with them yeah they provide resources to homeless youth meals shelter programs to you know flip their lives it's, it's really cool and inspiring and so that's a big part of my brand is helping them you know yeah I love that and 10 percent that is huge like yeah, that is a huge percent of the money that you make. And yeah. I love that you're deciding to give that back. And it really, it really does reflect on the idea that you're not in it for money. You're, you yeah. can actually, you built this platform and you can do so much to give back and you're, you're capitalizing on that. And that yeah. is really cool to see. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, um, You're doing so much and you've built so much. And I assume that you've learned a lot throughout this and encountered some setbacks and challenges what would you say the hardest part or one of the hardest parts has been for you in creating this? I think that, well, I'm in the process of trying to scale the business and, you know, growing a business is really, really, really hard. There's a lot of things that go into it. And so I'm just trying to figure all that out. I'm, I'm working with some people that are like industry experts. You know, they're just explaining it's it's going to be really hard and you have to do it the right way to uh to do it and so like that's kind of stressing me out because if I do scale the business I'm going to have to give up control of some of my products I'm like very 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 precise on how my products are sewn and so even when I work with 
a new sewer, like it will take weeks and weeks and weeks to get the product right. Mm -hmm. And that's something I need done is like, I need the product right or else it looks wrong in my eyes. Even though, you know, someone else can't tell a difference between A and B, I can like very, very easily. And so I know to scale the business, like I'm going to have to work with a bunch of more people and I need to find a right way to uh, have people learn about my products in the right way and make them in the right way because that's something like I've had frustrations with in the past um yeah and now I have three four sewers that I work with continuously and they're getting the product down as time goes on but yeah and then also just the business side of everything working with numerous attorneys on getting a patent trademark copyright attorneys you know like all this business attorneys um taxes uh also always creating products that people are interested in and want and stick with season you know I'm making shorts for summer you know next year fall I want to work with denim stuff yeah it's I have a lot of ideas that I can't really put into play yet just because I need to focus on (laughs) strictly a few things at once I can't even imagine what it would be like to have this idea that becomes so popular that you're on the cusp of creating something that's so gigantic and what that would look like. Like having four or five sewers, but getting so many orders and have your having your own store, which ooh, I, I want to talk about. Too. Yeah. Ah, that's so cool and crazy. Four or five that you consistently work with. Yeah, yeah. So I get about um, 70 to 100 products made a week. That's wow. Oh my gosh. And you, even the, the copyright thing, I could totally see this being the type of idea that you see your sweatshirt popping up at urban outfitters, but you didn't create it like that. So many aspects that you, I, someone like me wouldn't even consider unless I was on the front lines and like seeing what was going into it. So crazy. So your store, which I, I was going to fail to mention to talk about, you opened a store that is open on the weekends, I'm pretty sure. Could you talk yeah. about what it was like to put that together? Yeah, so there's this building called Ballard Blossom. It's a flower shop, or at least it was in this building. They moved, I don't know, 10 blocks up from my space, but they had a really big building in like a very prime location on Market Street in Ballard. And the manager of the space, but also a group in Ballard called the Ballard Alliance, they wanted energy in the building and a chance for small businesses to get a taste at what it's like to own a shop and whatever. Um, it's a really, really, really big space. There's there's a lot that you can do in there. So the manager of the space saw me on King 5 and reached out basically proposing an idea, an opportunity, and we went in and you know looked at the space. It was very, at the time, run down just because it hadn't been touched in three years from a fire and so there was all this you know soot on the walls and it was just dirty you know like (laughs) I don't know how many animals were living in there at the time but me and my mom flipped the space in about a month um, working like every day in the shop to make it what I wanted and what the brand reflected and I, I I totally like the like grungy feeling of the space. So I wanted to keep that, but like just clean it up a little bit. Um, and so, yeah, a month later, I had a sh- I now have a shop and I am working 
mostly on weekends, but sometimes it's only one day a week. I just, I normally let my Instagram know because that's most of the people that come in is from my Instagram. There's not certain store hours or store days. It's just kind of flexible, more like what I can do just because I have school on top of everything and just some other activities that keep me sane, like boxing and horseback riding. <laughs> um, and then a donut shop is coming in, a truffle chocolate shop is coming in, and like a cute flower shop is going to be in there too. And then there's a boxing gym like across from me. And that's actually the owner of that space now is my trainer at Title Boxing. He has since quit because now he has his own gym in that space. But he is also the owner of Nomad Boxing Club, which is the nonprofit club that I donated 50% of the proceeds to from the special collection in November. I split it. So 25 would go to Justice for Girls Coalition and the other 25 would go to Nomad um, because he trains at-risk youth in Seattle and keeps people off the streets. It's really, really cool what he does. And he didn't have a space to do that. He would set up at Gasworks every single day. And so after hearing about this space, we came to him saying this, there's this big space across from us. You should look into it. Cause I know, we know he's been wanting to have his own space for a while now. So it's really cool that he is getting this opportunity too. And something about this space is it's going to be torn down in about a one and a half to two years because a hotel's going in there. So <laughs> I have it till then. That's, I mean, that's a, I think that that's a good period of time to, to try to test out what it's like to run a space. Yeah, 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 for sure. And it's awesome because the space is super flexible. I can, you know, if something's not going right, I can, I can leave. Like if there's no certain contract I have to stick to time-wise for this space. I mean, this story just keeps getting cooler and cooler. <laughs> the way that you're really building a community around you by giving back to local nonprofits and creating these connections and this image of your brand that's so pure and like ethical and community-based. It is so cool. Thank you so much. And I think you, even when you were talking about your store hours not being like always super consistent, like sometimes you go on the weekend, sometimes one day a week, and mm -hmm. you've been using your Instagram for um, a pretty big part of your business, but you can correct me if I'm wrong on that. Yeah. What has it been like to like leverage social media to your advantage in building Rebellion Apparel and how has it benefited you? Yeah. Social media has played like a really, really big part in the brand um for one instagram just helps out a lot with getting you know new products out there um and also tiktok has helped me a lot a lot too it's crazy like how you know it's not easy for a video to blow up you, you have to have something good content wise but if you do then it's easy <laughs> so one of my tiktoks now has like 2.3 million views hey. and uh that got me a huge huge boost in sales but also just uh like in loyal customers um and instagram followers just because i think instagram is like my main uh source of social media i use instagram for all the drops you know to like interact with my customers that i don't get to in person and yeah tiktok has really helped i'm trying to post more, to like get more exposure for my brand. But yeah, social media has definitely played a big part in my brand. I don't think 
Now I know for a fact it wouldn't be this big without it. Yeah. Well, I mean, we talked a little bit earlier about the fact that you're a teenager and you're creating this brand. And I, I personally think maybe you agree that one of the biggest reasons teenagers are be, is seen as being like so successful lately, like even musicians like Olivia Rodrigo and Kid Leroy, yeah. even early yeah. on Billie Eilish, and then these younger business makers like you is because you know how to leverage social media to your advantage and how to engage with an audience and grow a business using social media. And right. I think it's awesome to see that you've really done that and that it's benefited you so much. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, social media definitely helps out a lot. I mean, I forgot even that you have to balance schoolwork through all of this. You have to balance the life of a teenager. How would you say that separated even from your business, or I guess it's all tied together, how has your life itself changed? How have your peers reacted to you growing this business? And how has your schoolwork overlapped? All of that. Yeah, well, this brand has kind of became, you know, the prime thing in my life, <laughs> to be honest. And yeah. all my friends are super, super supportive of it, uh, specifically my friend Nora. If I need photos, she's a very great photographer. We just, you know, immediately go out, take some pictures. If I, you know, need help in setting up something in the store, she's there helping me, you know, like mm -hmm. I, I need some help sometimes. And so like my yeah. friends are always there, which is awesome. Um, yeah, just the school thing. I try my best to balance it. I'm excited to graduate though, for yeah. sure. So I can fully focus on this and spend next year only focusing on the brand. Yeah. Um, and then see how that goes and maybe further my education after that. But I don't know. I'll see how next year goes. It does seem like this is super cool timing. The idea that you can exit high school, kind of having to, to deal with this unfortunate overlap of like schoolwork and life and this business that you're trying to create. But now you're reaching the end and you'll have this chunk of time to, to just focus on your business after doing yeah. all this work to set yourself up. Yeah, I'm really excited for that. So I guess this brings us to one of the final questions is like, what do you have planned next? What does the future of RLA look like? I want to, you know, get this brand out to the whole world. You know, I want to go worldwide. I want to have enough products to meet product demand. I want to just scale the business all around. Um, I want to bring in new products, new ideas, but still stick with the brand theme um yeah I'm, I'm really excited for what's what's up next and it'll kind of just happen as we as we go <laughs> yeah I think everybody listening everybody who's following this story is so excited to watch it grow as well and I think that we're about out of time anyway so I think this brings us to the end do you have any other thoughts on anything we talked about or anything you'd like to say before we end off I do not know. Okay. Thank you so, so much for having me though. Thank you so much for being here. Everyone listening, Ruby Pope, remember her name because, oh my gosh, how cool are you? I'm so excited to watch your business grow and I'm so grateful that you gave me your time today. Um, and everybody check out Ruby Lane Apparel. I'll leave all the information you'll need in the show notes of this episode. So go check it out. And for now, this has been Eden on KMIH 88.9 The Bridge, joined here today on my show, Garden of Eden, with Ruby Pope, who is the creator of the brand Ruby Lane Apparel. I hope you have a great rest of your day. <laughs>